Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Galloway and Isabel podcast. My name is Thomas Galloway. Typically, I host this podcast with Evan Isabel and Noah Galloway, but this is not a typical episode. Earlier today, I had the opportunity to sit down and interview Victoria Shapinsky, candidate for mayor of the city of Ames, Iowa. For listeners who do not know, Ames is home to Iowa State University and has a population of nearly 70,000. So in a moment, we'll get you to that interview. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Morning Bell Coffee Roasters. Morning Bell offers a diverse and unique selection of specialty coffees and have direct personal relationships with their suppliers. Every morning, I make a latte with my espresso machine for myself and whoever else happens to be around, and I always use Morning Bell Coffee. It's always different, always interesting, and is overall just a great way to start the day. You can visit Morning Bell at 111 Main Street here in Ames, Iowa, or get their coffee at the Wheatsfield Co-op or either Hy-Vee location in Ames. If you do not live in the Ames area, that is not a problem. You can order their coffee online at morningbellcoffee.com, and shipping is free anywhere in the United States if you order over two pounds of coffee. And whether you visit the actual location or order online, let them know we sent you. They like hearing how new customers find out about their business, and it shows us and them that this sponsorship thing actually works. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and share with others. It really does help. And now, let's get to the interview. Today, I'm with Victoria Shapinsky, candidate for mayor of the city of Ames, Iowa. Thank you very much for taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you. So, a large percentage of our listeners are college students, so I figured we'd just jump into a little bit about your educational history, um, starting here at Iowa State and beyond. So, if you could just tell us a little bit about that. Well, actually, I started my undergraduate work at University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. I was, um, I can show off and say I was one of only six from my high school that was accepted to University of Michigan, and I was in a residential college program there. But my mom was sick, and my parents lived here, so I came here, and then ended up, so actually sometime later, finishing my undergraduate degree here at Iowa State in the College of Business. I have a degree in marketing. And then I did my graduate work at a place called Simon Fraser University, which is in Burnaby, British Columbia, which is a community right outside Vancouver. And in between there, I squeezed some time in Ecuador because all the colleges I had applied to had language requirements, and I couldn't imagine doing graduate work and learning a language at the same time. So I spent a year and a half in Guayaquil and in Quito, and then I ended up at a university that didn't have a language requirement. <laughs> so, but it was a, one of the best years and a half of my life, so right, I don't very regret good. it. You mentioned the story about the, was it the Prime Minister of oh, yeah. Australia, the marketing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell that story. Yes, you really remember like that. that yeah, well, because when I was here, I was the chair of the ISU lectures program, and so one of the wonderful things about how this lecture program works is that there's interaction with students, Um, and that's another story if you want to tell me later, but talk about it later, because I worked as a lecture agent, so I know that our lecture program here is unique. So anyway, 
Helen Caldicutt, who was at that time the Prime Minister of Australia, was here speaking, and I had the privilege of driving her back to the airport, and I was telling her about my marketing degree, and she was not impressed. Um, she's very much an environmentalist, uh, very much anti-business, um, and I made a case that one could use marketing for a variety of in, you know, tell, letting people know about promoting right. a variety of things. Right. And apparently I did a good enough job that I received a, an apology from her, <laughs> which is in my house somewhere, and I need to find, find it and frame it. Yes, she wrote me a letter. That's really interesting. Yeah. So at what point did you realize that you would like to get into some kind of local politics? Well, I've always been political. I was mm -hmm. raised in a political family. Um, and I, when I was at Simon Fraser, I was elected to office as the external relations person. Um, mostly I did that for the money because I was a graduate student and right. I paid 10 grand, woohoo, um, in Canadian, which is less. Uh, but uh, I was very connected here in Ames and at some point uh, decided to run for city council. So I am a previous Ames city council member. Right. And then I've been helped start the Ames Progressive Alliance since yes. then and that's been about working with local government and and then this idea came up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and here we are. So right. um, but a lot of that came out of the Ames Progressive Alliance and um, trying to have some new voices in local government. Right. Was there a specific uh, time or something that prompted you to run for mayor? Well, I will say that I was thinking about it prior to the November 8th election of 2016, but that probably also helped push me into it like it did thousands of other people across right. the country. Right. And you've talked a little bit about how local government can be a response to national politics, a sufficient response. And so if you could talk a little bit about that. I think local government is at a different place in history in this country than it's ever been before. Um, I was just reading something, I should have the name of it, but the title was The United Cities of America, and it refers to uh, examples recently where the U.S., uh, I don't know if we're actually there yet, but we are planning to pull out of the uh, Paris climate uh, accords and um, cities are saying that's fine, but we're not doing it. Right. We're still going to make sure that we're putting in place as much renewable energy and reducing our carbon footprint uh, at the rate, if not the f a faster rate. Sanctuary cities is also something that cities said you may want to change your policies against uh, immigrants and refugees, but we're not going to do that. Right. Um, so. It, those are two examples of major stands that cities have taken in this country, mm -hmm. and I think um, I think it's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad reason, but right. it's a good thing. <laughs> right. For, oh, like I said, a lot of our listeners being college students, yeah. what is uh, overall reason for them to become involved in local politics, and then more specifically with this election, um, why should they get involved? Well, because this election has to do, connected to what I was just saying, it has to do with climate change. Right. 
It has to do with electing people who are going to be aggressive and progressive about moving quickly towards renewable energy sources. Um, here in Ames, we're building a solar array, uh, but we can be doing more. Uh, someone at a forum recently brought up a question of divesting from fossil fuel companies. That's part of the whole package, which I'm sure there are other things I don't know about. And please teach me, you know, about other things that we should be thinking of that help us move in that direction. And, and I'm sure other cities are doing things. But whether you live in this community or any community that you live in, I will make an argument that local politics affects our daily lives more than any other level of government, though it gets so much less attention um, because it's not as um, fancy and glitzy. Uh, but uh, in this community, we run our own uh, water treatment plant. We run our own power plant. Um, you know, getting out your door in the morning on a snowy day has something to do with city management and making sure that streets are in good condition and that they're plowed and that there are sewer systems and, you know, and that's sort of the infrastructure part of it. But then there's also human services and making sure that we take care of people. Um, there are there's recreation, there's cultural, all that happens in this community. That we have parks, that we have a swimming pool, that we're building a new swimming pool. That's all city. And so I think this is a good opportunity if you live here. I think a lot of people, when you're from someplace else, think that you're registered someplace else. But if you live in Ames, you can register. You should register yeah. in Ames. And then when you move someplace else, register there. Right. And I would just love to encourage everybody to pay attention to local politics and get involved. I mean, that's really what this campaign is about, is getting more people involved. So I kind of want to scream in the microphone <laughs> when I'm there, call me, because yeah. there are a lot of cool things we can do, and we just need good ideas. And right. I know they're here. Yeah. Yeah, I, for students who want to make sure they are registered, go to votevictoria.org. Yes. Um, on the vote page, there is um, to make sure you're registered to show how and where and all those. It's really it's really simple and clear explanation. I thought when I visited this oh, site. Great, yeah. thank you. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's well because I'm not high up on the Google chain. Right. You have it's better to do that www.votevictoria.org and it takes you there faster. <coughs> Excuse me. And then also the county auditors page. Yep. Which I think is where my page takes you. But if you want to go right to the County auditor that will tell you. <coughs> I'm sorry, continuous talking, I guess, do that does that, but it'll tell you if you're registered and where your voting location is. And some people get confused if they have voted in a school board election because you can go anywhere to school board election okay. because it's citywide, but this is by ward. Right. So you have a very specific place to vote. Right. Yes. Another thing, I'm always very curious about daily routines. So especially for you going through this journey of running for mayor, if you could talk a little about like just your routine, like you know, when you get up, what, what, what's your day? Like I know it varies a lot from the types of events, but what are the, some of those main things you need to have? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I get up too early and I go to bed too late and it's taking a toll on my health. Um, and uh, stood out at Pride Fest last week for six hours and got a bit of a cold. Okay. Um, no day is the same. I have a kid, a high schooler, so the day starts, that's why it starts there early, because yeah. i got to get him ready and off to school. 
Um, but today, I'm every spare minute I have, I'm stuffing envelopes with a fundraising letter. Um, we've been doing some mailings, so there's been a lot of graphic work and de you know just details of making sure that everything's um, going out on time. There are a lot of people to manage, which is very cool that a lot of people are working with us. And I feel very indebted to everybody because running for local government does not have paid staff. Everybody's volunteering. So I'm already thinking about volunteer gifts because I really, it's just amazing to me how people are out there door knocking and making phone calls and writing letters to the editor. And so it's pretty humbling. It's like, wow, it's, I, you know. So every day is different, but every day, I've been working for eight months every day. I took my family took a five took five days off in August because we knew that it was going to be crazy, and um, I drove to Napier. If you know where that is, it's like ten miles away. <laughs> like a couple weeks ago, and I thought, oh my god, it's my first time out of Ames. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's been every day. It's and so yeah, well Sunday we did the parade. Yeah the homecoming parade, and so there was all that preparation. Saturday I had three events. I did two neighborhood associations and something else that I can't even remember. <laughs> Nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, and it's, I mean, it's fun. Right. I'm meeting people all the time, and I get to do stuff like this, and yeah. people want to listen to me, which is kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, but, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Things yeah. are going to, the, I mean, my yard is a mess, and my house is a mess, and... Uh, so there are things in my life that have, aren't getting the attention. I do still feed the cat, so he's he's okay. He's and my fine. kid, and my kid. So. Good, good. Uh, so what would you like to see as as mayor? What would you like to see happen in Ames? I think that to do things. I mean, we have a great city. Things are managed really well but we don't do a lot of new cool things. Right. And I think what has happened is that we have a limited number of staff people with a limited amount of time. And there are a lot of big jobs, and, and they're handled by professionals, but quite often when new ideas come up, we say, we don't have the staff. So I right. think the model that I'm proposing, which I know has worked with the Ames Progressive Alliance, is to ask and engage and appreciate all the knowledge and expertise that's out there. And I use recycling as an example. When I've been door knocking, it kept coming up and kept coming up. And so I started saying to people, well, if I was, you know, when I'm mayor, if, if I was to put a committee together, would you like to be on it? And everybody said yes. So to me, that's what I want to see as mayor. I want to see that when a great idea comes up and people are showing interest, that we say, okay, let's do it right. and let's connect you to local government right. and if you're willing to do some of that research like recycling for example find out what the market is and what the cost of building a recycling place would be and let's you know let's let's go yeah yeah i think a lot of students would be interested in seeing being able to work on projects that have tangible results that like you said it's similar to the registering they just think we're here for a quick four years or three or five or whatever it is, and we're gone. Why stop and you know look into things? But, I was a student. Yeah, I was. You know I was works. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Right, right. You know how it but works. now I'm not, and now yeah. I have a new case to make right. for why <laughs> I want everybody to. And I think more younger people are paying attention yeah. to, and that's happened on my campaign. Is you know folks right. are wanting to get involved, and I need young people. I mean. 
somehow I got older, and I don't know how that happened, but um, I learn stuff all the time, and I miss being on campus a lot. Right. But I'm, I'm meeting people at, at high school, too, who mm-hmm. they have a much better idea of what they'd like to see, what they consider would make yeah. this community more fun. Right. Our, we have a skateboard park. That was done a few years ago. That was an idea of high school students. I don't think anybody in local government went, hey, let's do a skateboard board right. park, you know? Yeah, I've noticed, even just short being three years out of high school, that I can for, I can forget some of those kind of visions that I had when I was in high school, just because I get so drawn to the daily routine. And that's, high schoolers do it. They have, they have ideas, and they have things that they just want to execute. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a tendency to lose that as yeah. life goes on. Yeah. And they're talking yeah. about biking. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've started making our bike infrastructure a little bit better, right. but we have a long way to go. And then today I was listening to something on the radio about these bike share things, but there's a whole, there's a non-docking bike share system, so you don't, like, have to have a place. Right. But you could do it with some app to figure out where, and GPS, where all your bikes yeah. are in a community. And so there are all these new, it, just because you don't have a place to do it, there are new ways to think about it. And, right. and those are the kind, that's how you increase people using bikes, if you just have them Available. around town, yeah. right? And yeah. it doesn't have to be big cities, is what they're right. saying. Because big cities were the ones that could handle those those you know areas where you store lots of bikes like right. in New York they have that but here you could just have them spread all over we could do yeah. it yeah we are one of the more active cities I think yeah they, we'd be into it and it's not yeah. weather Minneapolis is one of the top 10 biking cities in the country right. so when people say to me oh it's not a it's not in the south it's like ah sorry that's not a good right. argument right. <laughs> yeah you have all that pent-up energy over the winter then you just get it out yeah. instead of just getting um, in the routine of not doing anything yeah. And with climate change, there's no, not as much snow, so there you go, there you go. hey. <laughs> yeah, there you go, more time. Yeah, so you fairly early on were working in jazz, promoting yep. and agent, being an agent. Can you talk a little bit about that? That sounds really interesting. And then what it taught you that can be helpful now. Well, I started when I was at University of Michigan with a group called Eclipse Jazz, and we were just a bunch of students who wanted to promote music right. and um we're very lucky because the university supported us, and then we were actually a model agency for the National Endowment for the Arts at one year, which was super cool. And we had everybody who was known in jazz, except for Miles Davis, he wouldn't play with for us. Um, but, um, I mean, anyone, it was, it was avant-garde to traditional. I mean, we really had everyone come through Ann Arbor as part of Eclipse Jazz. And so... I just have fun. It was great. And I learned promotions. I was the promotions person or one of the promotion people. And um, and I also learned how you get people to volunteer because somebody passed me on the street and said, we need sharp people. And I went, he called me sharp. (laughs) (laughs) It worked. (laughs) And it worked. (laughs) And I was like up late doing a lot of work sometimes for this organization. But um, then I became a booking agent out of that. And I was doing Second City, the road touring company for a long time, which was at this time when Second City, so I'm talking 70s, when Second City was Dan Aykroyd and Bellucci and um, Bill Murray and uh, Gilda Radner, and and so, but they weren't the road company, but the 
Second City was like the show in the country. So selling the road company, the touring company, out of Second City in Chicago was like this super easy job, and it was fun. Um, so I did that for a while. Yeah. Blues Brothers is one of my favorite movies, and okay. I have, I have yeah. not seen it again for a while. <laughs> I need to. Yeah. 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 So that just moved into other jobs in the music business, and I worked right. with Bonnie Raitt for a little while, yeah, and um, I'm actually waiting for her to send me an endorsement, but she doesn't seem to have gotten around to it. <laughs> but it wasn't for lack of asking. I suppose she's busy. Well, in case she listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's Maybe still 14 work. days. <laughs> um, but anyway, so... Yeah, I did that. I did my own business for a while in the Detroit Ann Arbor area. And then... I can't remember what happened. Oh, and then I was going to go to Australia. I was coming through here because there was job. There were jobs for people in the music business okay. in Australia, and um, I stopped here to sell my car. My parents lived here, so I was going to sell my car. And then my dad said, because it wasn't any rush, he's like, "Oh, why don't you take some classes at ISU?" And anyway, that's when I ended up. I stayed for three years and finished my undergraduate <laughs> work. I never made it to Australia, and that was kind of my yeah. end of my music business uh, career. Life. Yeah. 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 So you also held a, um, a position with MIT, as some fundraising, things like that. Yep. I uh, went out there as a, as a lecture agent okay. and did that for a little while, and then I moved over to MIT, and I worked in the fundraising department. Okay. And then I came, and I would have been there, except my parents were getting older, and it just needed to be closer to home. And that right. was in 2000, and then I moved here. Okay. And I've been here ever since. Ever since, yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah, so I've, uh, I've twisted the timeline around, I bet, with a few times going yeah, over Yeah, I twist my topics, own timeline, sorry. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so if anybody, listeners, want to learn more, then go to votevictoria.org, and it shows a list of events, basically a lot of information about you in the campaign. And for students, do you have an event November 2nd, I believe? November 2nd. In fact, that's our last... Well, actually, next week I'm involved with the Climate Reality Project Forum in the Memorial Union right. on... It's this week, actually. It's Thursday. It's the 26th. Okay. It starts at 5.30, and then I think they're showing the Al Gore, the new, the recent okay. climate... Concern movie, and then there's a forum put on by the student government on November second, okay. yes. and that is in the sunroom. I, I bl- think. Oh, you're right. Yes, okay. That's the one. And I'm yeah. not sure what time it starts. If it's seven or sure. eight, yes. but it's on my website. Right. All the information is on yep. the website. Yep. Yep. And then I have a I keep up a Facebook page also, which mm-hmm. is just Victoria Shopinski for mayor. Which is easy, easy for me to say, just yeah. but <laughs> Yes, very good. Well, thank you again for oh, taking great. the time. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll have to do this again after November 7th. Yeah, kind of recap. I'm up for that. All right, that sounds good. Thank okay. you. Okay.